This is The Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Welcome to another episode of The Creative Double Shot. Uh, Today, we're talking about creativity on your terms because that's what the whole thing is really about, is trying to figure out how to live a creative lifestyle without it being super prescriptive that doesn't apply to your situation, and also how to overcome some of those things that keep us from developing a creative practice. As an artist, you know, you've been arting for uh, over 10 years, I mean, as a, as a practice, right? Over 10 years, 12 years, I don't know what it is, but it's been a while. A and so what are some of the things that you've encountered in terms of barriers that either you've created or you thought existed or whatever, um, starting early on that you can remember? And then also some of the things that maybe you encounter even now that you have a well-developed practice. Yeah, it is fascinating how it changes over time. The neuroses shift a little. And in the beginning, I think it was a lot of it felt like physical barriers, like having a small child at home and uh, in terms of our work schedules, feeling a little guilty about taking any time for, sure. for me to do creative things. It seemed like, well, that's not a productive use of my time. I should make <laughs> sure the dishes are done. And, and, and again, all of those things are self, self-imposed. And uh, now it's more, I would say, because we have an older child of course, we want to spend time with and, you know, I, I make family a priority. I have more what you would call free time. And so I think my barriers are much more internal at this point in terms of sometimes feeling this overall sense of what does it matter if I do this or right, not? Right. If I scratch beneath the surface of that, it, it always comes back to some sort of fear about and, and maybe it has puritanical underpinnings of Damn you're Puritans. always supposed to be doing something productive. And somewhere, even though I came from a pretty playful family, I got the idea that playing is a somehow a waste of time. And, and it's not part of the American dream. Exactly. Right? You exactly. must be suffering. <laughs> yes. And you must be producing something <laughs> yes. in addition to your suffering. And I am so intellectually opposed to both of those things now. <laughs> and so... What about but witch trials? I'm very much opposed <laughs> the more I learn about those. Good, good. So I think that that's always a challenge is to kind of consistently remember that those are old ways of thinking that I'm trying to get rid of and and reaching for the better feeling thought, which is play makes me feel good and it produces something tangible in my soul. Yeah. (laughs) You know, also a product sometimes, but that's not the important part of it. So uh, anyway, what do you, in terms of your writing practice, what do you deal with? Uh, As far as my writing practice goes, I think early on, it was kind of nice because I didn't know what I didn't know. So there were fewer barriers. However, I think I alluded to this in my um, six-part story about my <laughs> past. And, um, but the idea that I didn't have anything to say 
Um, so there wasn't really a point in, in doing it at the time, or I didn't have enough experience or whatever. And uh, so that that was definitely a big one. That kept me from writing for a long time, I think, in the way that I wanted to be writing in a creative process, in a creative manner. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then, you know, as I've been writing, there are all the classics. It's like, well, who cares? You know, well, right. what if... What if I'm, or what if I'm shouting into the void and, and no one ever reads this or whatever? And, and I think what we'll get into when we start talking about in the second half of this, what we can do to get our practice going and, and keep it going and sustain it. Um, there's, but there's that whole idea of like, well, why am I doing this in the first place? And one of the things we, full disclosure, Ginger and I have been listening and reading to a lot of self-help books. If we want to use the broad term, we're working on our personal finances. We're working always on trying to sustain our creative drive and recentering ourselves on our why. And one of the things that keeps coming up is if you're doing it for external gain, right? Like, so if you're looking outward for why you're doing something and you feel like those external things are keeping you from doing it, we would suggest that you don't like right. that's if that's why you're doing it if you if you want to be you know, I'm doing this to become famous I'm doing this to make, make money, money I'm doing this yeah. to get accolades I'm doing this to get my father's approval or whatever and that's not Freudian at all um <clears throat> if you're doing it for those reasons then you should probably revisit why you want to do a creative practice if you look back far enough I'm I'm guessing anyway this is I'm kind of veering toward the next half but you start realizing well, wait a minute, that's not why I started doing this in the first place. I did it because I enjoy the the way I feel while I'm creating when I, you know, lose myself. And I think we talked about that before too. And then there's just the, the straight up ones. I'm not very good. Like, uh, yeah. or it's all been done before. And why would... Yes, I'm like, not I'm, original. Yeah. And, uh, and we, one of the books, we just came back from a cross-country trip to Colorado. Um, that was awesome. But we listened to Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic on the way out and back. And just some of those things in there about ideas, like where ideas come from, and no one can tell or paint or do it the way you do it. And so there's, you know, there are those things in there. But uh, and the other thing, I guess we were also listening to uh, Jen Sincero's uh, "You Are a Badass." I, I, I'm butchering the title, but uh, the idea. It. What's that? I think that's it. Well, there's some sort of subtitle. Oh, okay. Like you're a badass and people will fear you as you stomp through the streets <laughs> in your 400-foot kaiju monster thing. I don't um, think that's it. No? Okay. Damn. Um, but the idea, too, that like you're – when you create stuff, like sometimes I think another thing that keeps people from creating is they're afraid that if they put it out there, someone's going to react harshly or be critical or tell them well, – or confirm – they're going to confirm that I actually don't know what I'm doing. Right. Which, or that it's a silly pursuit or right. a waste of time. Or right, right. And, get uh, a job. And again, that goes back to the external things. And uh, one of the things I love in the Jensen Chero book is she says, she does this little like dialogue with herself. What happens if you write a book? Well, it might not be good. And what if it's not good? And she walks through this whole thing about like just all the, the things we tell ourselves and then she flips it and it's like, well, what happened? What would you, how would you feel if you didn't write that book? Well, I, you know, feel stupid, whatever. And so it's just, I don't know, just interesting. So anyway, yeah, there are just a, a lot of little things that we tell ourselves. And the time is a big one too, right? I don't have enough time. And you talked about right. when, when our child was small and, you know, we definitely were in pretty standard gender roles as far as who did what and Oh, that was another thing in the Jensen Chera book. He talks about how 
like basically being able to ask for help. There's also Amanda Palmer has a great book on that too. Um, But being able to ask for help is huge. And it's like, instead of like, no one's emptied the dishwasher in 30 days. It's like, did you, did you ask anyone to empty the dishwasher? Which returns back to the puritanical, I'm going to, or, or Midwestern. I was raised in the Midwest and it's self-sufficiency and you don't ask for help. You just plow ahead and (laughs) feel guilty about all that you're not accomplishing. Yeah. I feel guilty (laughs) that I'm not accomplishing anything and I'm resentful because no one's doing anything except for me. And which is, which is crazy, right? Like I can't, I can't ask my own family to help, Right. you know. it's shocking, really, looking back on it, but it was so real. Oh, yeah. This feeling, especially with small kids, anyone with small children will definitely relate to this idea that you should be constantly contributing, or it's sort of a sense of control, too, like, I know how to do it right, <laughs> and right. I'm not going to... Let my idiot you know, husband mess right, this up. Exactly. Or... Yeah, just take the time for myself. Wow, I've got this person who relies on me 100%. How can I take any time for myself? That's selfish. But, you know, we return to the ever popular, you know, allegory of the, when you're in an airplane, you put your own air mask on, oxygen mask on first before your kids, because you do no good to your kids if you're passed out. Now... Plato write that allegory? I'm pretty sure it started. <laughs> it was, that's where those, uh, those fold-out uh, visual aids came from was Plato's yes. Republic, I think. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, great. And, and so I feel like that's the perfect time to kind of switch over to, okay, so here are all these barriers and these things that create resistance to us creating on a daily, you know, or on a regular basis, doesn't have to be daily, just different things work for different people. And the idea that, you know, we're always trying to seek, we always say we're trying to seek balance. And I think that's true, but the reality is, is that the steady state is not balance. <laughs> it's, it's just it's so, this constant ebb and flow. And so there's also that um, being good to yourself and being forgiving and it's okay if you messed it up today, or you know, I hate to even use the term mess it up. It's okay I if you didn't create today. Because you have tonight, you have tomorrow, there's all that kind of stuff. And so uh, one of the things that we've talked about is that to really ground yourself in, in your creative practice is figuring out the why. Because if you know that and you return to it consistently, it helps keep your focus. It helps you be better at self-care. It helps you be better at being forgiving to yourself. Yes. And it helps you to take what is offered in that given day for you or what you create for yourself in that day time wise to be creative i it's just it's wonderful because it also takes a lot of that uh the negative feelings that we accrue when we start comparing ourselves to other people or we feel like our work sucks or whatever and it's like oh wait 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 why am i doing this i'm doing this because dang and i love seeing a scene come to life and and for writing it's like well i'm i'm talking months here usually like i'll write something first draft and then i'll have to start editing it's like oh my god this is a horrible mess and then maybe three months later, it's like, wow, this scene is killer or, or a year later in the case of a novel. So, you know, taking the long view is, is probably a little bit helpful there too. Yes. Anyway, so I guess that whole idea of, you know, really doing the introspective work, I don't know if you want to speak to this, but like, how, how do you get it at coming up with your why? Like, what, is, what are some things that people can do to kind of get to that? Yeah, I think... Uh... 
every day asking, I mean, starting the day kind of with maybe a list of things that you appreciate about your life. Gratitude. And to figure out gratitude, yeah, to figure out what's important to you and if creativity and and we've talked a lot about creativity, defining creativity and all that kind of stuff, but just experiencing beauty or um, mm-hmm. just feeling good, enjoying nature, sitting on your deck. Listening to music. Listening to music. There, I mean, there are a million ways yeah. for you to have a creative practice that... That don't involve producing anything. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think we discount those things on a, on a pretty regular basis. And, and then use it as a club to beat ourselves up. Like, I don't have anything to show for sitting on my deck watching the birds. I love creating clubs to beat myself with. It's the <laughs> exactly. best. Um, it, it brings to mind uh, another, another fantastic book. And I can't remember the title, but hopefully you will. But it's the Brenda Ulan book. Oh, my gosh. So You Want to so Write. So You Want to Write. But, oh, it's uh, fantastic. The, the term, the moodling. Which, yes. And I remember this because oh. there are a couple of things I want to point out. Is that, uh, so Ginger... Before she, and this is in her story, but before she actually started working on an art career, we happened to, we, and we talked about this, but she had a studio um, where we lived, uh, which was an old converted cinder block garage. And, but she had this quote on there by Brenda Ulan about moodling, and I can't remember what it is. Other than that, it's basically like your idle mind just letting it do its thing and not, not being, not really working towards something, just kind of letting it be open. Yes. Do you remember what Letting it play. Creativity requires moodling, dawdling. Yes. You know, uh, yeah. I, I <laughs> Futzing don't. about. Sadly, about. I looked at it every day for years. Well, but, it, but it's cool because it, I mean, even though we don't know it exactly, like the, that idea sticks yes, with us. And so, and the reason I'm bringing these up is because these are things that, that are actually, Ginger's been doing in practice for years um, and you, you talked about making that list in the morning, the gratitude list and things like that. And one of the things I wanted to point out and is your, your morning, we can call it morning pages, that artist way, morning yep. pages. Yes. Um, but just taking that time in the morning to journal, to write, to do the gratitude stuff or explore some things, feelings, ideas, whatever. And I've always been, I've always admired that because that's a practice I haven't done and I feel like it's really worked for you. So I don't know if you want to talk It absolutely talk about that a has. Bit. And, and what's interesting, I watched a video the other day and they talked about what, what was your initial, can you think of some initial creative sparks that you remember as a kid? Yes. And so I made a little list of things like coloring and going to my uh, friend's mom's stu- art studio. And, but one of the big ones was writing in my diary. I got a little diary with a key. <laughs> when I was about six, wow. and um, I have written some form of journal or or diary since then, but it was after I read The Artist way back in the 90s that I really committed to writing kind of pages and pages of almost uh, nonsense. Like, I feel sorry for anyone. I've kept them off. <laughs> so just remember this, people. You can wade through a lot of uh, inanities. Or wait, is that... <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's but, the beauty of that is... Exactly. But her, her whole point of that is you're doing something. You're getting something out of yourself and you're getting into the flow. And I happen to physically love writing with a gel pen on nice 
dark lined paper is one of my favorite aesthetic experiences. So again, that's one of those things that brings me so much joy and I never show those to anybody <laughs> and it's not to sell, it's not to, you know, it's just this immediately in the morning with a hot cup of coffee, I am writing with my favorite Uniball pen in a journal and I I had only recently I realized how important that is to me yeah. and when I get away from it, I miss it and it's just one of my favorite favorite things to do. So the morning pages wind up being a uh, practice for you. It's it's funny, like I'm I'm the writer, but you write probably more than I do. Um, <laughs> At least with a pen. <laughs> well, definitely with a pen. But it's interesting too. The thing I love about the morning page is that I get to enjoy, I guess sort of vicariously, is when you read me passages from like, oh, hey, look at this. I was looking through this thing that I was writing seven years ago because this oh, is my gosh. This such a constant journey to have this creative practice, to understand why, to just kind of work through it and see that there were actually seeds oh of, my gosh. of a lot of these things. And I've discovered the same things over and <laughs> over and over. It's amazing. Which is why it's a practice, right? Because <laughs> exactly. you do, you lose sight. Like, the, man, the day-to-day stuff comes in, you're just like, oh, my God. Uh, and then, and so I, I do want to step back real quick. Um, one of the things, and again, I've come to this probably later in the game, well, much later in the game than Ginger, is reading these self-help books, I've, re- I've read a ton of books on writing and I do love them and I love talking to people about writing. And so that kind of goes into the, I'm not actually writing, but these are things that feed my writing, you know, flame, if you want to go there. Right. I just shove them in like logs into a bonfire. <laughs> and part of the whole thing is like, it's like, okay, you know, how many times have you had a great idea? And then you're like, you know, you got kind of have to work through it and like, well, you, you, maybe you paint, you have an idea for a painting and you paint it and you do it a bunch of times. You're like, it's just not yeah. really happening, which is okay too, right? Because that's, that tells you, okay, well, that's not, that's not where I'm at right now. So let's move on to something else. But then also uh, with writing ideas, it's like, oh, I'm brushing my teeth. I have this great idea. And then it's like, oh, I write it down. And then I think about it, sleep on it. And most ideas are like, mm, that was really not that great of an idea. But these, I think these books, the continual revisiting like uh, technique books and I'll call them inspiration books, but like getting to your why, like the books like Big Magic or Artist's Way. Um, War of Art is another good one mm-hmm. by Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. And it's like that whole book, the, the basic theme is resistance, right? It's all about the reason we don't get stuff done is because we have resistance. And, and I think all those things that we pointed out in the beginning of this about why we can't do it, it's impossible to have a creative practice because I'm busy and I don't have any good ideas and I'm not making anything. I might do shitty work. All that is just resistance because what you'll find is if you can do this creative practice, that the moments that you're actually creating are, are wonderful. and yeah. um, reaching for the better feeling thought, you know, I, I, that's a whole, whole can of worms in some ways, but it's, it's a, it's one that Ginger has taught me through some of the work that she's done that helps me recenter when I, when I'm in those dark spaces and it's like, oh, right, right. Like what is, why do I do this? And I do this because I love it. And I like creating stuff from scratch and seeing it come to life over a period of time. And so there's that. So there's the whole creativity aspect. Then the other thing I was trying to think of like, what are some like just tangible tools people can use to carve out time to get that external inspiration to help them rediscover the internal inspiration. Um, I don't, you know, do you have any thoughts on that? I, I guess I was thinking, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to put you on the spot. 
I guess what I was thinking was those times when you feel like you don't have enough time. And one of the things that you'll find in, in a lot of books is like, hey, it doesn't have to be right. a huge block of time. And, and we talked about this, I think, in our personal stories. It's like, oh, I, I just, I, if I just had a bigger block of time to create and it turns out, then you just monkey around for, exactly. if you have 10 hours, you monkey around for eight or nine yeah, of them and then create exactly. for one solid hour. Yeah. Um, and so. Oh, the latest thing is the Pomodoro method. Oh, do tell. So I heard about this in a, in a little seminar that I went to. And it's, I'm sure there's a whole book about it, which I haven't oh, yeah. read, but the, the basic idea is to, you know, it's called Pomodoro, which means tomato in Italian. And it's a tomato timer. You set it for 25 minutes and you do your thing for 25 minutes, whether that's writing your morning pages or sitting on your deck, watching the birds or whatever, but you're not on your phone. You know, you, you are focused on whatever you want to be focused on for 25 minutes. And and then when the timer goes off, you take a breather. You step away for a moment. You know, you don't. When the timer goes off, I go off. That's right. <laughs> and then you can reset it if you want. Yeah. But what I love about, and I've tried it the last couple of days, and what I love about it, and, and it's shocking to me how many times during that 25 minutes, I thought to check my phone. And that is something that I'm, it's a personal thing that I'm really working on, but I of course, was using my phone as the timer. <laughs> Let me check so the timer I, on my phone. It would be better if I left my phone out of there, but it's got my music. You know, they're, they're, this is another reality, is that our phones are an extension of ourselves these days. But I didn't check my phone yeah. because I said, you know what, Ginger? 25 minutes <laughs> you can get through without looking to see if you got a text. That's right. Anyway, think about all the 25 minutes that you spend on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, Which, and you could be doing something. And sometimes scrolling through Instagram, but I think that's another thing, good thing to set a timer for, another personal yeah. goal of mine. No, I hear you. I think all those are, are valid points. And it's funny, right? The, the, we all have our phones, or, you know, and some people are better at putting them down than others. And... You'll hear this all over, you know, you'll, everyone will reference us. How much time are you spending on social media? And I'll say definitely not. I, I'm a digital marketer for a living, so I don't really want to be on social media. And I haven't, I've gotten off in the last probably six, seven months, um, except for work purposes. And it's been glorious because mm -hmm. it's distraction, it's noise. I, I just heard a quote yesterday. It's like, you can spend your life however you want, but you can only spend it once. and it's like, well, that's so pretty, <laughs> pretty that's heavy. Profound. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I, and so that there are times where I'll be like, maybe I'll go on and check some sports. Uh, I, I do check uh, blog feeds and stuff like that. And then I'm like, what? How, what am I gonna? What is this doing for me other than passing time? Which isn't a bad thing. I mean, sometimes you, it's okay to to let down and and whatever. But ultimately, like, if you can return to your why and let that kind of ground you then you're going to want to spend more time in service of your why than just uh, passing the time. Yes. In the How Successful People Think book by John C. Maxwell, he talks about big picture thinking. And granted, I'm, I'm not that far into this, but it really struck me as like, if, you know, yes, you can't, you can't always be at the highest level of excitement about a thing, but if you have a big picture thought that's driving you. So if you're, if, if you're, if it's your art, which hopefully it is, cause that's, you're trying to figure out your why, 
then even if things are drudgery and mundane, you can keep your eyes on that big thought and and the big picture and let that pull you through because you're like, oh, this is all in service of that. Yes. If, and so if you know where you're going, um, that's that's help, helpful. And what we've also found, I'll say this, and I know we're kind of getting to the end here, uh, Art doesn't happen in a vacuum. So doing this additional work, just personal work, trying to figure out, <laughs> figure out your why, figure out what you want, figure out what are the important things, your values, um, goes a long way toward providing a context for your art. Because if your if your creativity is important to you, then you'll figure out ways. And I, I, I was going to say another specific thing as far as the time go, uh, going back to the time thing. The, the Pomodoro thing is great. You know, the the thing we always come up with, at least I always come up with, I'm like, oh, I only have 25 minutes. Like, ah. and it's like, just get in there. And because what you'll eventually, what, you'll find one of two things, um, whether it's art or writing or whatever, is like, oh, well, I started and I kind of messed around. And eventually it's like, either you're like, oh, crap, the 25 minutes is long gone. I, I went longer than I was supposed to. Or you'll be like, well, you know, you'll still feel better because you did something in service of your creativity. Yes. And, and it's, you're, it's a lifelong thing. It's not like, up oh, I created this one master work of art and now I'm done because if that's it, then what do you have after that? That whole idea of constantly striving to be better or to explore different things or I don't know, like yeah. just trying to keep that excitement alive. Liz Gilbert in Big Magic talks about Harper Lee writing yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird and then never writing anything again. And how she wishes that, you know, Harper had been able to just get back in there and just write a Pulp Fiction novel yeah. or, you know, whatever, because she got joy out of the writing and it turned out to be this masterwork, but then it put this huge pressure on her for the how rest of her that? life and she could never top it. So she didn't write. She didn't do the thing that fed her soul and she loved. So, And topping it like that, that's such a... American. I, oh. I was gonna say. I was gonna say it's, it. It does sound American, and I, I don't think it's. I think it's Western. Right. 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 The idea that, well, if you did this, and where else can you go but down? And that's what I think Harper Lee said. Well, where else can I go but down? It's yeah. like it's not it's, down. It's just it's somewhere else. I mean, ultimately, it's somewhere else. So yeah. And and last thing I'll say, um, is like ideas and all that kind of stuff. You know, one of the, it's amazing. Like as I've been talking with Ginger this morning. The How Successful People Think book has, has been interesting because the other thing that came out of it was like your idea muscle is something that needs to be exercised. And if, you, if you're constantly working at it, the, the more you work at it, the more you exercise that muscle, the more the ideas will come. Yes. And they, you have to, the other thing is you have to be open to ideas, you know, and understand that not all ideas are going to be good. So, yeah. So I think like that's another um, – another concrete thing that you can do is, and, and so I think like the morning pages, um, the, the small periods of time, any of those things where it gives you a chance to just kind of work through ideas is always going to be in good service. And if you have one good session a week, even if you do it every day, then that's fine. You know, like, Hey, I have a part of an idea here, right. but, but it, just like, so we're doing a lot of money work. Just like if you start saving $5 a day for, you know, when you're 16, you'll have a jillion million dollars by the time you're 40. Um, it's the same thing with ideas, right? Yeah. Like if you, these, and I think about your, your writing and I'm, I know I'm just, I'm all coffeeed up. So that's what we're here for. But 
you, if you once you get to a point and you start looking back, you're like, holy crap, I've created all this stuff. I've created all this stuff. Even if no one's seen it, I've created it. If I'm doing my creative practice every day, if I'm exercising my idea muscle, if I'm carving out little 10, 15, 20 half hour periods of time. And then the last thing I brought this up earlier, we talked about asking for help. You brought it up actually right. in terms of not being able to ask for help. If you desire creative practice, it's important to have the people around you support mm -hmm. that too. And it's, it's not always easy, but it's, it's creating boundaries for yourself. Like, look, I'm going to take a half hour a day to, to do this. And at that time, that's, that's my time. It's a half hour. And maybe that means getting up earlier or staying up later or doing it on the toilet <laughs> or on your lunch hour. But I think, I think that's an important one is to help get the people around you on board with that. That's something that you want to do. And then treat it just like you would a scheduled meeting with a client or your doctor or whatever. I will say that you're less likely, statistics show that you're less likely to drop a book or a journal into the toilet than your phone. That's good. So that's just good to remember. That's right. And, and a book's <laughs> probably going to be a lot cheaper to replace, even if you do. You don't have to put it in rice <laughs> afterwards. I do sometimes, though. <laughs> just because. Just, yeah. So it's such a textural, sensorial. <laughs> anyway, that's probably a good place to wrap this up. And thank you guys for Little joining us. Little do you all know. We've been talking for the last three hours. We should have been recording. Wouldn't you have wanted to be a fly on the wall? Oh, there's some gold, <laughs> gold people. Um, yeah, hopefully you get some good takeaways out of this. And uh, we look forward to joining you next time with, what is next time? Next time we're going to, ooh, ooh. Well, so here we are going back to the why we create. And some of this is the, the well, it is, it's the, <laughs> we really re killing it here. Right. <laughs> well, we, we talked about it, you know, like figuring out your why. So next episode will be um, creating something from nothing. And it, like we're going to have a, a multi-part series on why we create. Yes. Because the, the reasons are many and varied and pretty cool. So get ready. Hold on to your hats. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. See ya.